The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 37. I tell you, I had, I'm excited about the study we're in. I'm excited about the truths of studying Joseph. Many times we look to stories or accounts, whatever words you want to use, of the Old Testament. And first of all, a lot of commentators and uh, self-proclaimed scholars want to tell you that most, if not all, of Old Testament accounts like Joseph and like uh, the, the, you know, the whale and, and the flood and all these things never really happened. They're just neat stories to teach us principles. And uh, it's just it's simply not true. For example, if Joseph was not, if this story was not true, how did Israel end up as slaves in Egypt? Uh, they like to eliminate things that give truth and really give credence to God and God's sovereignty. Uh, but they also like to, that they can't answer the other questions. But frankly, if you want the Bible to say what you want to say, not the other way around, you're not, you don't care about the discrepancies because you're about making your point. So uh, please understand that when we study these things, these are more than just stories. They're more than just stories for children. There's so much we can learn from the life of Joseph and his reactions to all the things that took place. Now, uh, I tell you, I was thinking this just a few minutes before we started, and uh, let me ask you a question, kind of introduction to this. Have you ever found yourself in your life, your Christian journey, wherever it is, and you say, you know, there was a day when I thought I couldn't wait to be here. You know, I couldn't wait until I got to this part of my life or this part of my journey. And you remember looking back at your younger years or even just maybe the last year and you say, I look forward to the day of this. You kind of had this dream and this vision of where life would be uh, as a Christian, as a person in, in employment. And, uh, and yet somehow you sit back and say, man, it just didn't turn out the way I had envisioned it. Doesn't mean where you're at's bad. It just is very, very different. In some occasions, where you're at is a whole lot better than where you thought you might be. In some other areas, like man, I, I just don't know why I'm not where I thought I would be. It's easy for us to dream, and I think dreams are phenomenal. We're talking about that idea when God gives us the dream. But I'm afraid sometimes, even as Christians, uh, we look to the future and, and we look to, boy, what can I get, what can I get? And, and whether we realize it or not, we focus much of our dreams and vision to the future off of what we would like to see. And we miss the fact that, as we mentioned yesterday, it's a difference of perspective, even from how many viewed this story. Are we saying, if I do right, God will bless me and give me what I want? Or are we saying everything God allows into my life is there to prepare me and to even in some cases break me down from my own persona of what I need to be, break me down so that I can be moldable for God. Did Joseph become great authority at the end of the story, and end of this account in history, simply because he was obedient, and therefore all the other things that happened in his life were just accidents? You know, his brothers throwing him in the pit, sold to slavery, prison. These were just accidents. These were just random acts, and that God, then God, you know, God allowed them to happen, but God used Joseph's obedience, and through obedience, he ended up being in charge. Or as we know to be true because the whole premise is that he received a dream, a, a vision from God. But what we really see is that God had every intention to take the 17-year-old boy Joseph, place him in Egypt, place him under Pharaoh, place him in a place where he could have great authority for the purpose of saving his nation. That was the entire point. So the pit, um, the slavery, the prison, all of this 
was on purpose to test him, to prepare him. So that can tell us that even though I may not be where I thought or I wish, where I'm headed or where I'm at is so much better than where I could be. It's because God is using it. And while for 13 years, Joseph found himself in a place that seemed pointless, in a place where most people just disappear, honestly, he was in the one place that God could use him. And so I want to, so I, I look at that premise because I want to remind us as we study the life of Joseph and study this out, uh, we look at the idea that none, that the story was not random acts that God happened to bless in spite of. God knew what was going on and God had to place him in front of a butler and baker in jail so that way a Hebrew could stand in the presence of Pharaoh, which otherwise would have never really been allowed to happen. God's plans going on in your life right now are not accidents. They're not, well, I, I wish I could do better if I was more spiritual. No, God is using these things to prepare you for his plan for you. Now, one of the things as we break this down, as we're going to look at today, is uh, a couple verses I've heard and read about in all different perspectives. Now, let's take a couple minutes and look at them from Genesis 37 and verse 3 and 4. Now, Israel, that was Jacob. Remember, his name had been changed after he wrestled with God from Jacob, supplanter or deceiver, to Israel. So in verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Well, I would imagine so. I would imagine that as what we would see an obvious level of favoritism, but obviously to his brothers cause a lot of grief. Now, I mentioned I've heard people immediately jump on the idea of favoritism and Jacob's wrong and this shouldn't have happened. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of favoritism. I think that, you know, in our home, every kid's got a great gift and we need to love them equally. We need to love them as God's given to, but this is not a lesson on parenting or acceptance in the home and things of that nature. Uh, you can look at it. Now, let me tell you something. We can look at the favoritism and we could spend time culturally on that. Can I tell you what also we can look at? It has been proven in scripture that the other brothers of Joseph were evil, sinful. Joseph was strove and desired to have a life of integrity. So be very careful. We immediately get defensive for the other people um, because this account makes it clear that Joseph lived a life of integrity. And, and here's the other thing we look at. In that, that life of integrity drove him into some uncomfortable scenarios. Sometimes it happens. Well, I did what's right and it's not fair. Well, no, because life's not fair. But God's going to use even that unfairness, if we can use that term, for his glory. So well, let me ask, why did he love jo uh, Joseph so much? Well, he was the son of Rachel, son of his old age. And remember, Rachel couldn't have a lot of children. Leah, uh, the, the wife that Laban had given to Jacob, that was out of deception. She was the older sister. So he had worked seven years for Rachel and was surprised at his wedding with Leah and then worked seven more years for Rachel. So he had two wives, not abnormal in the culture, at least at the time. And uh, so Leah was, Leah was able to give him a lot of sons where Rachel was not. And so Rachel, I, if I remember exactly, gave two children. You know, there was Joseph and later his younger brother, who he, Benjamin, who he ended up, you know, looking for and loving and seeing at the end of the account. But so Joseph not only was the son of his old age, Joseph was the son of his favorite wife, if I can use that uh, term. And so we see that there's a lot that um, 
Jacob had in the area of Joseph, but we also see that Joseph was one that wanted to please his father, wanted to do right, and was one of integrity. And I'll be honest with you, when, you, when you've got people you work with or people you live with, and one of them is constantly causing grief and one of them is striving to do right, it's easier to say, I'd rather be around this person. I don't want the grief. I don't want the battle. A man of a man or person of integrity will grab the intention of the authority. Uh, that's the way it should be, by the way. You should not bully yourself to a position. You should be allow God to work. Now, please understand, I have in my own, in our time here in this church, I have known people who due to their integrity, due to their following God's plan, have lost positions, have, have not been given positions of authority or given promotions or whatever potential because of their integrity and walk with God. Uh, it's okay because God's got a plan and he's gonna use that somehow. Uh, we've got to be careful to make sure that all negative, we don't blame it all. Sometimes, if we're going to do wrong in our life, we're not going to be blessed in those other areas. So Joseph was the son of Rachel, loved because of that. Joseph did right. So ultimately, jo God, uh, excuse me, Jacob, Israel, gives Joseph a coat of many colors. Uh, there's a lot read into this, um, a lot put into it. What, really, what it simply comes down to is it showed that Joseph was favored. All the other clothes that people would wear were very bland colors. They were shepherds. To receive something means it was specifically made just for jo jo uh, Joseph. Not only that, it also shows he was the favorite because of it. But anytime you would see in these kind of cultures in history, um, clothing represented levels of authority. Royalty often wore bright clothing to let people know coming because you didn't have social media or even news, by the way. So you didn't know, if you did not know by somehow recognized royalty, you'd never know you're standing in the place of the king or the pharaoh. You would maybe not know that, especially a prince or things of that nature. So people would wear certain outfits that would tell the commoners, hey, I am royalty. So that coat carried in culture, uh, stating there was a level of influence, level of importance, maybe even level of leadership in the home over the brothers. And so uh, all of this in, in history signified so much to create a greater hatred for Joseph in the, in the minds of the brothers. And in, in, in culturally, I, I could see the frustration, but God was planning this. God needed him to be able to get into Egypt somehow. And uh, so um, all of this was done, and it wasn't, we say it's right or wrong, we could debate all that all day long, but this was the beginning of one of God's plan to point out. Now, can I tell you something when I look at this? We look at the hatred that these boys had towards Jacob. And some would say, well, I, I agree because of the favoritism. Can I encourage you, and that's another premise, when, when God's got a plan, not every aspect of his plan will seem easy to us, will seem to make sense. We get this idea that if God's got his hand upon me and he's going to use me, then everything's just going to be wonderful, bed of roses. You know, I've never understood the term bed of roses. Roses are full of thorns. Never understood that phrase when you think about it. But, uh, you know, everything's going to be neat and we're going to see God just bless amazingly. And, oh, no, history, church history, biblical history is replete with people used greatly of God who sacrificed greatly and who God allowed them to go through great battles for his glory. So if we get this idea, that's why I started off with, I'm not where I thought God would have me. Because sometimes we pin God's blessing has to be just that, always a neat blessing. God's plan will often put us in places that are not always comfortable, which means not everybody's going to like us in some occasions. I want you to think about this. Um, just some truths about integrity. When I do right, at work, those who, do, those who are good workers, have integrity, will, will become a, a 
point of frustration to people who don't want to work. If, if, if you're around lazy workers who don't want to work, they're going to say, man, you're killing us. You're making us look bad. Of course, a man of integrity, a woman of integrity will do better. And unfortunately, sometimes will draw negative attention from other people. Um, and same thing can happen at home. Well, they're always doing right, and I'm sick of it. The goody two-shoe, whatever term we want to use, and the people who don't want to do right I tend to use that term as kind of a derogatory comment towards others. This happened in life. Doing right is biblical, and it's good. It should be expected, but it draws often unwanted attention. Uh, sometimes from other church people. Sometimes there's going, to be, there's going to be negative. Sometimes there's going to be lies. Sometimes there's going to be people who are going to slander you or things of that nature. That's fine. It's, it's not fine per se, but God can use that uh, because when you follow God, those who don't want to follow God want to make all of this kind of fake and they're carnal. They're going to be frustrated because they don't do well with real. They really don't. They're comfortable with the facade and they don't know what to do with the real. And so it makes them a little uncomfortable. So let, let me encourage you as, as we go forward, please understand no one's perfect. And it's easy when, uh, when you're looking at others to find something to point out faults and struggles. And so uh, in my life, if we do right, people are going to point things out. More than likely, they're going to be able to find things that are true when making a, a negative comment towards someone else. That's not what we're worried about. Uh, that's the way it's going to be. Am I doing right? Am I trying to do right? Am I getting those things right? Having a, a right, excuse me, having a heart that's right with God does not dictate having a perfect heart and a perfect life. So we strive to do right. We strive to do our best. We strive to live in integrity. We strive to live following God's will, which is going to have some amazing days. It's going to have some great victories and some great defeats. I look back over the last year, and be honest with you, I'm kind of done saying looking back at 2020. I'm kind of, you know, I heard somebody yesterday make a comment I thought was funny. I am so glad we're in 2021. I can complain about a different number now. Uh, there's some truth behind that. Uh, we can keep looking back, and it was not a great year, but God did great things in it. I hope we reflect on that year, less about the virus and riots and election and all the things that we might have wanted differently and say, Lord, what did you do in that year? Because a lot of it's still happening. Has it changed? We thought, man, that flip the switch 21, everything's going to change. Can I tell you, God used, God, God did some amazing things. You know what the thing I had to learn was in those amazing things for me? God had to put me through what I thought were lost battles. It had to break me down from my opinion, from what I wanted, from what I thought should be right, so that I could get low enough to be moldable by him. It's not wrong. That's, that's what we should desire. That's not easy. It's not fun sometimes, but when we see what God is doing, man, it's exciting because God has chosen to do something unique and amazing in our life to get us ready for what he has for us. And I don't know when it is. But you know, that's all that matters. It's just to be usable by him for his glory. And that should be our desire. That should be what we want. And therefore, Lord, I'm here and I want to be right with him so that I can recognize that working. Sometimes the neat things and sometimes the hard things. But I can see God's hand through all of it. As we continue through the story, we'll begin to see very specific things that humanly would look unfair and don't make sense. But God had a plan and it needed to be done this way to put Joseph exactly where he needed to be for God's glory. And I hope that we will learn how that can still happen. It still does happen today. 
Thank you so much for taking time to join us on this Wednesday edition of Source of Truth Podcast, live stream devotional. Again, if you're part of our church, hope to see you back here tonight or online tonight at 710. We'll start the online service at 7 o'clock on property in person. And we look forward to that great time of fellowship together. Uh, we love you. Hope you're keeping safe, keeping healthy. And we look forward to seeing you again next time.